This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Uh, okay, here's Bruce Howard Good with the announcement. And welcome to the University of Tulsa. It might be cloudy out, but the sun shines brightly on the TU football program as we introduce to you a new head football coach. This will be an, introduce, an introduction of our football coach. It also will be a press opportunity as well as we will follow with a press conference. So just go, going through some of the ground rules, if you will, we'll have President Brad Carson to speak along with Athletic Director Rick Dixon and then Coach. And when Coach finishes his introductory remarks, then we'll open it up to the press. Now, those of you in the press, if you will, please do not ask a question unless you have a microphone, okay? Uh, so everybody can hear the question, and those that are listening and watching streaming-wise can also hear it as well. Also, please identify yourself, uh, your name and your affiliation. So that's important as well. Coach knows a lot of you, but maybe not some, some other folks. So uh, please identify yourself and your affiliation. Without further ado, Brad Carson, the president of the University of Tulsa. Thanks, Bruce. I want to welcome members of the media here today. We're happy also to be joined by many visitors, including those from our Board of Trustees, our inestimable chair of the Board of Trustees, Marsha McLeod, I know is here in the back as well. And also, of course, of course, many of our donors, including those from the Golden Hurricane Fund. This is truly a great day for the University of Tulsa. We have a tradition of football here at TU going back more than 120 years. And we proudly hold the mantle as the smallest school with Division I football. Today marks a new chapter in that storied program, led by a proven winner, Coach Kevin Wilson. Coach Wilson brings experience rich with supporting student athletes to excel both in the classroom and on the gridiron. I'm pleased to give my full support to Coach, his lovely wife, Angie, and their children and friends of their children as new members of the TU family. I gladly texted regularly with Coach during this expedited process to assure him that as leader of the University of Tulsa, I expect excellence in everything, including football. And we welcome his brand of leadership, which also is about demanding excellence to our Golden Hurricane community. As I invite Rick Dixon, Vice President and Director of Athletics, to more formally and with greater length introduce Coach Wilson, I want to thank Rick. Rick, for your exceptional work in reviewing a very rich pool of candidates that have led us to this moment today. Rick, of course, brings a unique perspective to the process of hiring a Division I coach. He's not only an accomplished athletic director, but also a former TU player himself. It was clearly his thoughts centered on the athlete experience that helped us make such a wise decision. He has truly succeeded in demonstrating excellence and bringing quality leadership to the University of Tulsa in his selection of coach Kevin Wilson. So with that, with that please join me in welcoming athletic director Rick Dixon to the stage. Rick. This is University of Tulsa press conference announcing Kevin Wilson as the new well, head coach. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm uh, going to take care of some uh, immediate business here and, and formally 
welcome our new football family uh, to TU. So I think, I think we have some TU gifts to present, which we do. Santa Claus is somewhere in the house here. More? That's good. Full package. Look, I, if it's been a, been a um, long little eight day journey here, and if, if just for a minute, indulge me. I've learned that with age comes the right to ask for unreasonable requests. So, if if just for a second we could turn off because this really this is for this audience, uh, and then you can relay it to others. But um, just a couple, I think, perspectives. I, you know, I want to give out here and it's kind of a, a story that I thought of driving up here I always ask Brenda to write me some notes she does and then looks at me and says why because you never use them and, and another example today but it's my little security blanket so but I, I, I thought of this eight-day journey and I, I want to tell it kind of through the the lens of two young men that um, interacting with them and, and seeing how it impacted them and and these things do. So so for those of you that think that you ever want to do this, just look at me. No, you don't. You really don't. Any any part of it, it's uh, 33, 34 years, whatever it's been, it, it's never easy. Uh, the start of this week was never easy. Uh, every, everybody in the room, everybody in the TU community, Tulsa community knows uh, knows the contribution that Philip and, and, and Ashley and her, their family, son and daughter made not just to TU, but all of Tulsa. And and it's not failure. You know, what happened last week is not about failure. You've heard me say this before here. It's, you know, we, we all own a piece of this. And uh, and I, I accept my piece of the failures in those things. And it's more a matter of this endless run uh, that we all embark on. And it's different times. It's time to pull in fresh legs and fresh energy and hand the baton and that that time will come for me as well and it it makes me think of, of all this but so earlier in the week uh, on that that day and those of you that think you know these things are are fantasy games that it's just news just entertainment it's not it's it's people in their lives you know their careers their families I mean there's people in the room today with with still uncertainty on that decision that I was part of last week you know, and I feel that. I feel that every time I've done it throughout a career. And um, I feel it when I stand in front of, uh, you know, a room full of 120 young men. I, I did the same thing, for those of you that don't follow it, but I did the same thing five days, six days, whenever later with a group of young women in another one of our programs. And every one of those interactions, experiences, uh, leaves an imprint. And uh, so, uh, let me get into my story. So early on that first day after, after meeting with Philip uh, and then meeting uh, with the team, uh, the football staff, and it's just not coaches. You know, it's also uh, the people that make these things happen that a lot of you have no idea even who they are or whatever, but they, they are integral to these things being at a place like TU. So from equipment managers and trainers and strength coaches and academic people that they're impacted too as their careers and lives are. 
as well as the young people, which at the end of the day, that's, that's why I've always been here, because of them. And when you see this, that, you know, again, to some is just, you know, part of life and sport, but there's a human element to this. And, and when you're responsible for that, it, it leaves marks. And so I, I want you to understand that change of baton that happened last week uh, was not because of failures. It was because it was time to bring fresh energy and fresh legs and leadership. Uh, and that baton was passed. When that happens, pain happens. And I feel it. And so I, I experienced that that first day. And I won't name him because I didn't, I didn't ask permission to do that. Uh, but, but the son of, of, of one of those coaches uh, that was let go and who was an outstanding player here, still part of us, still part of the football program as a graduate assistant, and uh, just watching, you know, the, the, the toll those things take that, you know, when you see just news, well, you don't think of that. Well, I live it. And, uh, and, and just trying to comfort and explain and hold and hug and uh, do those things. So, uh, and then seeing him this morning where, you know, eight days later, you know, the healing's begun. And, and so that's, that's one set of lens and eyes that, that I experienced and I'm sharing. And, and then the other one that occurred literally two hours ago or a little late, little later sometime uh, when uh, early on when this happened and, and before I met with the team, grabbed a particular young man and pulled him aside and just said, how, how does this impact you? How are you feeling? What, what, what can I tell you? What can I say? And, uh, you know, just uncertainty because that's what happens for everybody. And uh, said, well, just know that you have the ability not only to be a lead, a leader of this program that you're emerging and, and becoming, but you have the ability to hold the program together. And of course, he responded to that. And, but then 48 hours later, he had changed his mind and, and done what young men do all over the country today, explore his options. But I got a call two hours ago, and he talked about, said, look, I remember our talk. I remember everything we've talked about. I'm home here with my dad. His dad went through a very tragic, not tragic, but uh, serious, critical, left him in critical condition wreck after our Houston game last week. He's been home with him by his side and said, I'm down here with my dad. And he said, I'm, I'm first want to tell you, I remember our talk and I, I, uh, been here with my dad. He said, I remember our talk last week. Uh, I've been here with my dad. Uh, I've waited to see my options. Um, I'm pleased with, with who you brought to us. And he goes, but I want you to talk to my dad and handed the phone to his dad and uh, in critical condition who told me, he said, two years ago we met and I was with my other, other son up here, introduced myself to you and you said, and I had not seen his son take a single snap or play and said that he uh, holding me responsible uh, for his son's well-being. And I looked at him and told him, I said, that's, that's what I do. It's who I am and always have been. And so that's, check that box, that's done. And so whatever condition he's in, he felt important to tell me. He said, I'm telling you now again, I'm holding you responsible. Handed it back to his son and said, Mr. Mr. Rick, I'm coming back out of the portal and back to TU because I know what I have. 
and that's our, our quarterback, uh, Braylon Braxton. And so, again, those of us, yeah, today's a great day, and we're going to welcome a great leader and family in here. But I just want, I want people to understand, you know, what, what this is about and uh, what it is. And, and it leads me to my last part of the story is why are we even here? You know, why am I here? And you know, most of you, most of you know uh, my story, and, and of course Brenda, uh, the best part of the story. And I remember at the start of the week, informing her what was what was happening, and she looked at me and said, "You're you're going on your salmon run again," meaning I, I start way out in the ocean and keep keep plunging ahead until I climb the last ladder and the last hoop to jump through and come home with the cargo and at them some point as I tell her wither and die and I'm close and ready but uh, she quickly transitions to her Brema role which is what uh, what she's known uh, uh, to our eight grandchildren and um, goes out and tell them tells and, and refreshes them of of Grandpa Dookie stories that they never see, and uh, and so we wonder why we do this, but it goes back to something. I mean, think back of when we left here in '94, and I, and I couldn't believe when I got to the West Coast because this is all I knew. This is who I am. This is what I came from, right? And and what all of us are, what what goes into being a Tulsan and a TU and and everything that's uh, part of being part of this this community, this city, you know that. We're so different, we're so diverse, we're from so many different avenues and backgrounds, and it takes all of us, and it's always what makes what I call Tulsa special. And I went to the West Coast and packed in at that time, and I just couldn't believe, other than UCLA, because we left a couple imprints on them uh, on the before I left, and uh, that knew much about it, and it just stunned me, because this was my whole frame of reference, was right here. And then I moved to another country, uh, part of the country, and they don't understand or know Tulsa and Tulsa's special that part of it includes all those things I'm talking about you know all the things that that I'm referencing right now about what makes this place special and I'm not talking about TU I'm talking about all of it TU is a centerpiece of it always has been through longer period than any of us in the room always will be so it's a centerpiece it's you know it's an economic engine it's a source of pride and as you heard Brad say about how we're small and mighty and people around the country spent more time explaining not only where it was, not in Arizona, but right in the heart of Oklahoma. And, you know, and it's not a 40,000 student urban university. It's would be some people characterize it as the smallest FBS or the 35th largest class 3A school in the, in the country. But uh, but its capability, its bandwidth, and its ability to impact lives and people and communities that don't just stop at our boundaries. That's what is Tulsa special. And so for me, what those two young men represent, uh, you know, the, both the pain of one, the courage of another, in a, in a time like what happens today, where, you, I mean, it's, it's comical, it's sad, What's happening is that we've created this system that all of us have become passionate about, but we've confused it so much and confused so many young people thinking, you know, that, that this is professional and that's what we've turned it into and so be it. But 
the end of the day, it's really about what unique qualities and attributes that every one of these micro communities have. And this Tulsa special piece for me has always been, no matter where I've been, from my time here till roaming the country, I've always carried Tulsa special with me. And so if you want to know, it's not about details, stats. All I have in, up here is not notes, just the same press release you do. And, but I'm just telling you, uh, you know, that's, that's why I'm here. That's uh, what we're doing. Everything that's gone into this, the pain, courage, and the excitement uh, that comes along with these things. And I just, I think you need to know that because at the, at the end of it, it's what defines the Tulsa special piece of what this whole what this whole exercise is. So that, okay, I'm ready for lights, cameras. Now we'll go to the excitement. So thanks for indulging an old guy. Appreciate it. So welcome everyone and um, appreciate you joining us. You heard a little bit of my storytelling that told you over the last eight days uh, what's, what's been going on. I wanna thank, as Brad mentioned earlier from uh, everyone involved, from uh, our chairperson and Marsha McLeod and, and and of course, President Carson, uh, Mike Case, and others that uh, actively on the on the final steps of this got involved, rescued me out of my Zoom world and interactions and so forth of the first seven days. And as we fought to get to this point, uh, to get what I said you, uh, you see in the in the release, but you know the qualities are are all the things that we've referenced. This, this is a special place. Uh, it takes special people. That's what's always made this place go and, and always will. And uh, somebody that recognizes that for what it is, not what we're not, but for what it is and those qualities. You know, that's why I was so, with all the hoopla that's been created this year, which is great. It's been fun again at Tulsa, right? That's, that's part of our DNA too. And injecting that, and Brad's been such a big piece of that. And, and to the people, I think, of, of the staff that, that even stepped in for me this week that didn't really see me. And uh, thank goodness, because I didn't shave and shower for eight days until about two hours ago. But, you know, pe people like uh, Sean Fanistel has been here since I left in, in 1994. And, and Krista Truster, who, you know, stepped up as the two leads and ran our athletic program these last eight days. And for, you know, for everyone that picked up that, that burden and, and for the the coaches that are still working with no guarantees and hope I, I met with them that first day and said, you've got two objectives. Our role, your role is to help all 120 of these young men guide and support them towards a successful finish this academic semester. And they've done it unselfishly. All those things are what makes this special. And so that's the qualities I was looking for and finding is there's lots of great coaches out there that bring lots of great qualities. But at the end of the day, it's got to be somebody that understands Tulsa special. And so that when we, I sorted through uh, many, many uh, capable candidates and brought uh, to our group just a, a small, small handful of people that I thought were the best that had these qualities. They all had different attributes and traits. But where we are today and the reason we have the person we do is because he absolutely fits and, and will absorb and demonstrate and wear proudly the Tulsa special brand. So with that, uh, I'm proud really that we got to this point and uh, 
It's my pleasure to introduce to you our new head football coach uh, sitting to my left here. Uh, coach, are you ready? So, welcome to Tulsa. This is going to be Kevin Wilson introductory press conference here on the Blitz 1170. Uh, currently now the presentation of the jersey from uh, Rick Dixon to Kevin Wilson. They just had to flip the jersey back around, Matt, to make sure that you could see the Wilson name with the number on the back here. Uh, and we'll hear some comments now from Coach Wilson. Um, uh, good afternoon. Appreciate uh, everyone uh, taking the time to be here. I'm, uh, I got some notes I scribbled down the last few minutes before we came over, but being a no-huddle guy, I'm used to kind of winging it from the hip like, like Rick said, and kind of you know, shooting and doing the best we can. But uh, an honor and privilege to stand here today uh, with some of my uh, uh, family. Uh, uh, excited to be your coach. Uh, excited to represent uh, what I think is a, an elite school uh, that stands for so many things within this community. A program that has a great tradition, has done real, real, real well, has a chance to, I think, always be competitive and not not just be a winning program, but a program that can fight for championships. And in this day and age, with the dynamics of college sport, and we're changing conferences, we got a chance to be a strong, strong player in our conference as we move forward. So I'm excited about our leadership and direction to represent our school, our program, and then most importantly, the city of Tulsa. You know, I had a chance, uh, you know, for nine years living in Oklahoma uh, to get to know a lot of people up here. A great deal of respect for the people in, in this part of the region. My wife would tell you of places we've been, if we could go back and live, retire. She'd said, hey, I, you know, Norman's not a bad place to go. And, of course, Rick said, uh, and, and Bo Brad said, Tulsa's going to trump that one. So it's great to, to be here and uh, back in this neck of the woods. We spent a, a lot of summers at uh, uh, Grand Lake, uh, spent some time at your restaurants in town, uh, Utica Square over there with some, some dear friends. I know those showers at Southern Hills are, are the best that ever were in the men's locker room. So know a lot about your great, great city. A lot of respect for the people of this city, but most importantly, the people of our school that we're representing, and then to me, the young men that we get a, uh, get a chance to coach. I want to say a big thank you to Rick uh, for going through the process and giving us a chance to be considered. Uh, I've, I've had a chance now. I've, um, you know, you know, you know, over that 60 mark, but in, really had four jobs since 1990. I was working for Randy Walker for 12 years, for Bob Stoops for nine years, being a head coach for six years at Indiana, and now six years at Ohio State with Coach Meyer and Coach Day. So haven't moved around a lot, but along the way I've been at some really, really strong play. Been at, 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 at two programs, uh, and before that, um, uh, uh, those first 12 years, it was at Miami of Ohio. But if you look at the, the Northwestern Indiana, Ohio State, Oklahoma, I would always share with guys I've worked at the programs that have the two highest winning percentage since World War II, Ohio State and Oklahoma. I've also worked at two schools that have the most losses in the history of college football. And I can say we had success at all those places. Uh, took Indiana to back-to-back -back bowls, had the highest APR ranking, beat a rival four years in a row, first time wins over some teams, did a great job. They did a great job at Northwestern. Last time an academic small school, great academic school like this place. And, the last time they shared a Big Ten towels up there. So, so proud of those places, proud of those stops. But, uh, again, I appreciate Rick as he went through and, and, and gave us the opportunity. I wasn't necessarily chasing jobs. I thought I had a chance to lead a program. 
and to, and to build a foundational program that can stand and, 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 and one good shot to swing as hard as you can and get a group of people to work together and, and build something that, that a university and a community and an alumni base can, most importantly, the players can take a lot of pride in. And was hoping and for that opportunity. Years ago, I would pray, where do I raise my family? What kids do I coach? Well, uh, my young, youngest daughter is a senior at OU. Son in Oklahoma, or excuse me, at Ohio State. That's a sophomore on the team. Uh, got two graduates out. We're now we're past the what's the elementary schools and what's the junior high schools and all that stuff. So now my wife just said, first time we're making a move, just us two. And so we're kind of looking forward to that. But uh, I've always prayed where I'm supposed to raise my family, where I'm supposed to coach kids. Now it's where I'm supposed to coach kids. If this wasn't meant to be, I think I'd have fumbled around in the in the in the interview process, Rick would have found someone else more attractive. I think we're we're here for a purpose. We're here for a reason. We're excited about that. I was very excited talking to with Marsha the other day and, and and her leadership with the board and and then with Brad to to just get a feel of the school's commitment to to want to have athletics have a chance to be a great representative of you, the alumni base and and the people of our community. So excited for his leadership, his support, and also support from two great leaders at programs that have challenges. But every program has a challenge. The greatest challenge is to find a group of people that want to work together and collectively how you work together to give yourself a chance to, to, to build something. And because and, and, that's what our game is. It's a people sport. It's a team sport. We'll have 200 plus, probably 220 people that touch our players, from nutrition to academics to medical to sports psych uh, to, tr uh, to, to the team doctors to uh, our tutoring to the coaches and the young coaches, the video people, and then most importantly, the players. And how do we get all those people to work together? Because collectively, when people are working together, you got a chance to do something special. So as all schools, there, there might be some concerns or issues that, that can make any job challenging, but I see more upside, more bright days, and more opportunity. I'm excited to lead this crowd and, 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 and to, to see if we can get some guys to work together to move forward. I'd like to thank my past uh, coaches, uh, Coach Stoops, uh, Coach Day, Coach Meyer, uh, Coach Bill Hayes. I worked at HBC schools for a couple years at Winston-Salem and North Carolina A&T. So I've got some HBU experience. Dick Crum, my, my college coach, who's still kicking around. Late Coach Walker that I worked for at Miami. Uh, just some great, great coaches that touched my life. I'd like to, like to thank my players. Um, probably got more texts from players. And it's kind of neat when you start, I guess, you know, some of us here, as I see, are a little bit older. But as you get old, what's up, Garen? As you get old, you, you go back and, okay, here's a kid you coached at Miami, Ohio back in the 90s. Matter of fact, you're recruiting their kids now, to tell you the truth. Um, you know, here's, here's your quarterback at Northwestern. You know, here's some guys from Oklahoma. Here's some friends from Oklahoma within this community and, 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 and down, down in the central part of our state. Um, you know, my players from Indiana. I got really blown up with a, a lot of those guys. And, of course, uh, shoot the guys at Ohio State. I mean, uh, I had to make those calls too now. It's my guys. It's my guys. Uh, sorry for my emotion. Uh, and then my family. Uh, my bride, Angie. My daughter, Marley. Her boyfriend. Uh, so we got an OU girl here. Don't hold that against her. She's up here scouting right now. I understand it's game two. <laughs> Brent's got it. Coach Venables got on a recon mission. Uh, but got uh, two daughters that were leaving back in Columbus, a son on the team, got a, a son that's playing college golf in Florida, so a family of five. But those guys have um, sacrificed a lot. And uh, I'd just like to say I was uh, deciding should I take an opportunity. It was kind of cool 
for my kids to say, do what's best for you. And I've always thought, hey, God, make sure we're coaching the kids we're supposed to coach. So I am uh, genuinely excited. I apologize for the emotion. If, you, if my wife knows, if you know me, I kind of get that way just a smidge on these things because I know the sacrifices have been made. I know the commitment that uh, so many family members and coaches and players have done for me to be standing here. And I can tell you it is an honor to be standing here. We're going to work here these first couple weeks uh, really just trying to connect with our team here. In this day and age of the portal, um, we, we just got to make sure these kids know that we want them. I'm not bringing in players. But we can talk about it. We can see what's out there. The grass isn't always greener. Those guys, you got to you know, buyer beware sometimes these things. You better make sure and make sure they fit your community, make sure they fit your school. Most importantly for me, make sure they fit our locker room. Like get a chance to know these coaches that we have on our staff, what they're about. I'm not lined up. Coaches coming in. I tried my darnest. I got your text message, and I got one where Sittler has here. Dave didn't come. Yeah, okay. I thought he'd still sneak in. Uh, you know, you guys are texting me on on white. I I I didn't respond. I mean, because I I didn't want to talk. I didn't want it out. You know, I didn't want to. I wasn't trying to get pay raises or name recognition. Uh, if it was meant to be, it was going to be meant to be. Um, so I haven't talked to coaches. Like, who wants to come? I want to see what we got. Because I think the best way to move forward is to understand what we got. And that's going to be short-term hard with as we're into the now final exam period. But just trying to work around the academic. We need our kids to finish very, very strong academically. And that's a sign of a, of a good team. I pulled up last night the APR. And, you know, last year's number one academic rating school in the country was Clemson. Number three was Bama. Ohio State's number nine on that list. It's amazing. Those great football teams, those kids do well in class. And we shared it with the guys and the value of, 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 of what it means to get a college education. You're giving your time, your body, um, your soul to that school when you're practicing. The commitment, the hours that you put your body through and your heart and soul in. Get your education out of it. Make sure that school gets something back for you. Some guys, they just think they're getting their scholarship check, and that's, that's cheap money, and I guess it's money. And sometimes when you're young, it seems like a lot to get a little, little per diem or whatever this NLI situation is and those little funds for whatever that, that goes in our world right now. But at the end of the day, get your education. So we're working really hard to make sure this team finishes strong. It'll show, and not, not statistical GPA. Uh, you know, statistics are for assistant coaches and losers uh, justifying what happened. You know, so, you know the, the, the statistic deal is, is did you work as hard as you could? And you can look at yourself in the mirror. Maybe some of these guys, prior to me being here, and I'm not by no means the answer. I'm just going to be a part of trying to lead a group to figure out how to be, become a better answer. But the, um, you know, the situation with the uh, – maybe these guys have dug themselves in a ditch or maybe that GPA is not going to look as nice as I'd like for it to be cosmetically. But I've asked all those guys, can they look in the mirror and say, I busted my tail, that's the best I can do. And with a couple weeks down the stretch, you know, in the marathon race, we're at mile 21, 22, where a lot of people quit. Can we bust our tail down the finish line and, and wrap it up and, and do and be the best we can? So I'm excited to see how they finish school. I'm excited to connect with these guys short term. Then we get into a dead recruiting period. Uh, my plan in talking with Rick and what Coach Day wanted, uh, what Gene Smith, the athletic director at Ohio State, wanted uh, is, to, is to be a part of as, as, uh, all the bowl preparations I can up there. Be here when we're recruiting. This is a recruiting time. Uh, my recruiting right now is the, the current Tulsa football team and the connection with our staff here and see the folks that we have and how we, op how we, we have operated and how this thing's going right here with, 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 with these guys. Then it gets into that dead period, so I'll be working through uh, hopefully an opportunity to play two, uh, two games and two great, oppor uh, um, two great opportunities. Again, I'm standing here because of the success of our team, and I think it's my obligation to finish up with that team and give that team a, a chance to uh, chase a national championship. 
Um, that being said, though, we'll be working, you know, down here during the recruiting days. So the next couple of weeks when recruiting's live, we'll have some recruiting. But I'm not hitting the road to go find players. I want to see what our players are about. We'll have time uh, with the second signing day. Uh, quite honestly, getting to know some of the rosters and talking to the coaches, there's potential with all the super seniors, a lot of guys potentially back. So it looks like mathematically, and I haven't gotten into the numbers, but it doesn't look like there's a lot of space to go get a bunch of guys unless, unfortunately, some kids would want to leave us. And we're going we're gonna to work hard to connect and see if they'll stay, and we'll wish them. I understand if I was them, I would maybe want to look. I understand that. I think uh, if there wouldn't be change, I'd be disappointed with guys looking. But when there's change and there's uncertainty, I think they have the right to give, give them the psychological comfort that, you know, I've looked at other options. I always say, again, be, be careful what you ask for, be careful what you what, be thankful for what you got. And uh, I'm excited to, to see what we got and, and to get to know these guys as we move forward. Um, the plan would be as we get uh, past that bowl scenario is to be working full throttle here by the first of the year. Hopefully we'll uh, plan on playing a game January 9th which would be I'd like to have the staff in place recruiting kicks back up January, I think, 12th or 13th. Our students are back on campus second semester, January 9th. So my goal is to kind of have a staff in place, but short term, these next two weeks, let's get to know these guys. That's, we can be a, real, a little bit around the community, but really we'll, we'll, we'll get a chance to see you guys when, uh, when this fall clears up and the Bermuda grass changes colors and we get on the golf course and chase that ball around a little bit and get to see some guys, get you some practices. But again, just an honor to be here. Uh, very, very grateful, uh, very, very thankful, uh, very, very honored, uh, and excited to go to work. And I apologize for a little bit for the emotion. I uh, apologize for rambling, but I'm excited to rock and roll and get this thing going, okay? Is that good? So what? Thank you. All right, got questions? Take a few questions here from Coach Kevin Wilson. Uh, Caden McFarland uh, with the NBC affiliate here in town. Um, How'd you get oh, stories so fast? <laughs> you get lucky sometimes. That's a serious question. You get lucky. Um, <laughs> I, you mentioned I know where you've been, Ohio yep. State and Oklahoma, uh, and then also Northwestern and Indiana and the differences there. Um, you know, it's a challenge everywhere, right? But no that doubt. blue blood life has to be kind of different. What, what made this for you now the right challenge? Great question. And, you know, at the same time, if, when you say some blue blood challenges, as, as successful as those programs can be, I mean, so everybody says, well, it's easy to recruit to Ohio State. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's easy. Go beat Bama and Georgia and, and those guys for getting, and, and, and OU and, and Texas for guys. You know, you, I'm going down to Dallas and uh, you're fighting OU and, 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 and UT and A&M. And so, they, I mean, they're, they're tough jobs. And, and the, you know, the expectation and all that. So I just, one, I knew the area and loved the area. Two, I know historically there's been success here. Uh, three, I, quite honestly, I, I just felt my work at, at IU where we built our program and our work at Northwestern where we built the program and nine years at Miami of Ohio kind of fit this environment. And you know, a chance to be a head coach is, is it's, it's few and far. You're very fortunate, very blessed. And I thought if that's the opportunity was given, that's what the good Lord wanted us to do, it would uh, – you know, if I, I really felt I had, a, I had one great swing to, to, to build, not to prove anything. I think we've proven. And we can look at track records and, and, and all, but we showed up at IU roster that had 17 guys on a team that had Division One offers somewhere else. It was a depleted poor team. Due to a coach, a great friend of mine that I worked with that had a two-year bout with brain cancer. 
and then an interim coach who couldn't recruit for a couple of years. So it's a poor, it was a poor program in, in a bad situation, and we went tooth and nail, creating as much energy and passion and drive and let's go and let's work. And I'm telling you, my, my phone is blown up the most uh, from those Indiana guys. You know, and it's, I mean, they know how hard we worked. We talked to the team last night, working hard to talent. It's a lost talent in our society, but it is a talent. And also, how to have fun working hard. You got to have a passion about what you're doing. So I'm excited these guys have a passion. There's going to be challenges at this program, but there's phenomenal opportunity. And to me, I just, I saw a place I knew I could live. I saw a team that I thought had a chance to be competitive with tradition. I thought it's an area. I know our population is not overwhelming, but we're in a football area now. And you can go to some eight-man schools and find you a dude once in a while. There was one here a couple years ago, I believe. So, I mean, there's some great ball in Oklahoma. We're not far to East Texas and the Metro. We'll, we'll be smart, and we'll, we'll look when it's meant to be if the, this day and age of the portal. But portal, just I, I think we need to be smart. They, it fits our school. It fits the, you know, and we, and we don't just look at a guy was a four-star coming out of high school. Let's, you know, let's talk to their coaches and make sure he's a fit. So, I just felt there was a great place to live, a great place to build, and I thought I could show one more time that we could build a program. I think we left the program in great shape. They've had great success since I left. They're starting to fall a little bit, but I think we can build a program that, that should be strong. And right now, as the college playoffs expand, our champions would be in the playoff. And this team has won championships. Let's see if we can be fortunate enough to compete and lucky enough to back away and be one of those kind of teams. I think we're – and talking to the coaches, I'm excited about the kids. And, you know, like I told them, I'm too old for four- and five-year builds. Let's do what we can to be as good as we can right now in rock and roll. Kelly Hines, Tulsa World, following up on that, what, what is that message to the players who are maybe uncertain about whether they want to stay? Uh, one, I would, I would tell them, um, I mean, it's their, it's their right opportunity. I would, I would ask them, they owe me nothing, uh, but it would be nice to have communication. I think when there's no communication and it's quiet, it leads to negativity, that we can at least just talk. And, you know, you know I, I've got to prove to them we'll put a staff together, and I'm not going to rush to do that because – uh, you know, I, I, I think it, the rush was maybe to, to get in front of them to see them. That's why last night we came and went right in to see them. Just want to, hey, I, my first words was slow down and breathe. Slow down. Press pause. But also, I think they have the right to look. But I want to get to know them and see if they can start to believe that they can trust. But I have to – it takes time to earn trust. And in the short term, if, if someone wants, I just – I would tell them to, 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 to wish them well and but be careful. But would want everyone – a date that I'm aware of, unless there's some off the field or academic issue, would want all the players to, to be here. They were brought here for a reason. I think I'm here for a reason. And I think it'd be nice to see if we could work together and see what, see what the next couple of years unfold for all of us. Coach TJ Eckert with the uh, ABC affiliate here. Welcome to Tulsa. Thank you. A couple things I think people want to know most is recruiting locally and then fan engagement. Could you maybe speak on both of those points, the importance of recruiting local kids and then trying to get the community involved? Yeah, and there's some phenomenal programs here. I always have been through years, and uh, you know I had a chance to know know, know some some of those coaches have been been around, still been around, and uh, there's there's really good talent. I think we got to be smart when you're talking scholarship perspective to get the right guys. Um, you know, and, and sometimes in recruiting, it's 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 not necessarily the recruiting battles you win. It's just making sure you recruit the right guys. I mean, we're such a developmental sport. We're such a developmental team that you got to get kids that want to develop. And then we have the resources with weight room, nutrition, teach them how to sleep right and live right to, to physically develop so you can have some high-end guys. But I think we need to have a, a presence within our city. We are the, you know, the University of Tulsa. We're the, the, you know, and, and I understand 
there's a bunch of Pokes and a bunch of Sooners in this town, and I respect that. Uh, I am I am well aware of that, uh, and don't fault them for that. You know, I you know, living in Columbus, Ohio, you know, there's there's within that state, there's a lot of I get that, uh, but at the same time, with fan engagement, I think it, I think recruiting our area a little bit helps. I think complementing that with some walk-ons would also help, just with numbers. I think being accessible and open to the coaches that they feel if they want to come visit and spend some time and what you coach and talk a little ball and it just you have open doors with those coaches and build those relationships. That doesn't mean we're going to get every player. Doesn't mean we're going to like every player, but we need to start in our backyard. We need to start within our state. I think we trickled down. What is it, 75 through Muskogee and whatnot? What Krebs, that Italian place down there, right? And wiggle on down that way to East Texas, right? And, and, and check those guys out because some great ball in that area. So I think, you know, we're regional oriented. Usually you would go up and maybe hit the Kansas JCs, maybe the transfer portals and all that. But I think the bulk of our stuff is finding the right guys and then identifying the right body types and the kids and getting to know them that you think you have kids that want to work and develop. Because, again, to go shoe to shoe with certain schools within the, uh, the, uh, the Big 12, the SEC, uh, maybe you're not going to win that battle. But I think you can win some battles if you do it right and develop them right. And that's kind of what we did at Miami. It's kind of what we did at Northwestern. It's for sure what we did at Indiana. And we put a number of guys in the NFL there. It, was, it wasn't winning the recruiting battle, but having a commitment to your, to your area, which I believe we will and we have to do. And then it's recruiting the, the right people. Fan engagement. Um, I know there's some other great teams in the state that everyone likes, but bottom line, we'll, we'll, we'll be as successful and we'll do all the little tricks of the trade to look marketing. But we got to put a product out there that's fun they want to come see. I win to win games. If you win games, they'll come. You know, based on the, I mean, there's a lot of kickoff times now. And so you're playing a Thursday night or a Friday night game. If you're a good team, they'll be sitting out there. And so, in some ways, you know, it's the product. We're in the entertainment business. And we need to put a product on that's going to be disciplined. It's going to be exciting and score, but also play our program goal number one is to play great defense. And I'm an offensive guy. But we got to play defense. And we got to learn how to do that. We got to learn how to get stops. So, but if we put a product on the field, uh, again, with all respect to all the great other schools within our region, we'll get some fans and we'll make this place hopping and have a lot of fun out here on those Thursday or Friday, hopefully more Saturdays as we go. Hi, Coach. Nathan Thompson at Fox 23 here in Tulsa. Yep. You talked about owing it to Ohio State to go there and, and try to win a national championship in the coming weeks. But is there some sort of added benefit maybe if you are able to accomplish that to TU, to have a national championship coordinator coming in as far as buzz and yeah, excitement? No, 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 I, don't, I, don't, I don't look at it that way. I, maybe, I, whatever, it's, um, you know, in, in my world, you just you want to finish. I mean, I was recruiting yesterday. Uh, we had several phone calls, and I was in a high school, you know, seeing a kid doing my job. You know, my thing was I just, I just think it's, it's, it's you know, you, 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 you want to teach your, your children, you want to teach your players how to finish. And I appreciate the administration in both places giving me a chance to, to finish and try to do my darnest to be a part of it. I've had a chance to, to be a part of the, of, uh, the BCS, the semifinal of the playoffs, five times. I'm uh, still looking for that one game. And so, selfishly, I'd like that one game. Uh, of course, we got we to get through the 31st uh, first, and that's going to be a tough challenge. But uh, I guess it cosmetically looked good. But, I mean, to me, um, I don't know if that's going to influence a recruit that much. You know, I guess I can show them a cool ring down the road. <laughs> you know, really, I just want to show them what we're going to do for them here and the education opportunity and how we're going to develop them and the brotherhood and the, and the family that we're going to have playing play our game. And it's kind of neat. Our sport's different. I heard a coach years, years, years ago, a great coach. But our, our sport, and I showed the guys last night, we got big guys and little guys, white guys and black guys, rich guys, poor guys, rappers, country. We got all kinds of walks, religion, got them all. 
but we're trying to play for the good of each other and play as a group. And to bring all these people from different backgrounds and teaching everyone how to work together for the common goal of winning football games and also being successful within the community and on the classroom. And to get a, to, to, you know, the world would be a better place if it was like a football locker room. And the more we can get that football locker room tight, the better our program's going to be. And I think, to me, that's my sale more than, hey, look, we played in this game. And we got a little door, blurb on the, there, the water. That's, that's, you know, that doesn't, I don't, I don't think that's much was worth it. Taking a follow-up? Yes. And that probably wasn't the answer you wanted. Well, you know, that's when you still that want TU fans to root for Ohio that, State. Right? That was true. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, you talked about kind of recruiting different body types than maybe SEC or, or, or Big Ten. Do you have to kind of, with the guys you can recruit and get, do you change your game plan, your offensive game plan or anything, I guess, to fit the kind of recruit you have, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, the game's still blocking and tackling, you know, and so you have to teach those fundamentals. We cosmetically window dress with different alignments and tempos or formations or RPOs or eight-man drops and cover it. Well, there's all these little fancy little things, but it's still a game of people that, that line up and block and tackle and you. And you have to teach that. My thing with development is, is you just got to develop the, you, know, you got to find that two or three start level guy on paper, but he can develop to be the four or five star. Like, you know, if you look at the in the NFL draft world, there'll be more three star guys drafted in the first round than four and five star high school recruits. The three star guys weren't in high school as developed, but they keep developing over time. Some guys just mature later, body types change. Um, they, you know, there's some some guys tap out, some guys are, are tapped out. Some guys are futures, and there's there's an art in evaluating recruit to, to gauge that, and you don't want to miss on that lot. But you're gauging on a developmental piece, and the part that's getting to know the young man, his family, because you can tell some kids want to develop and want to work, and maybe some don't. So there's also a, an art of not only the body and the potential size or or strength level that you think you could see that person getting to, but it's also judging in this day and age, like I said, you know, working hard to talent. What what kids kind of have that skill? That's, you can't put a stopwatch on that one. You can't put a height and weight on that one. But how do you get a gauge of that skill? Because that's a huge skill and a big backbone of, of what we're going to need to be successful for sure. Dan Hawk from News on 6 and back here, Coach, from News on 6 and the Blitz 1170. As far as your staff, when it gets assembled, I know we're still a little ways away from it, but do you look at yourself as having an offensive coordinator or do you see yourself calling the plays himself? Well, again, um, we asked that as we went through the interview process. Um, uh, when I left Oklahoma, I saw Bob Stoops, the highest paid corners coach in the country, coaching corners every day because that's what he did. And I said, we got five on offense, and they got five on defense. I used to love when Bob walked over and practice, but, hey, how's it going? And he'd watch over there the whole time. He wouldn't look at us one time. He's looking. He's watching. He's a defensive guy. And I saw five guys on defense. So when I went to Indiana, I was one of the five guys on offense. I coached quarterbacks. I called the plays. I was the offense coordinator. I was the head coach. We had five on defense. I saw five guys, and I thought that was awesome. Now we've added a 10th coach since my experience of doing that. So you can now have five on offense, five on defense, plus me. And I think that would give me a chance to, to be a little bit more on both fields, to be a little bit more of a culture setter, team setter, team builder, more than just offense. I would, an offensive-oriented guy, make sure that the offense was the way I thought it needed to go and be a part of it. What I call plays, I think it would be in my trust in confidence with if we had an offensive coordinator that that person was the play caller. So I'm not going to trick someone coming here to call plays. I'm going to, you know, if we, I think it'd be nice to manage the game maybe a little bit more, uh, but I've, I think I've called plays 30 years. I mean, I can, 
you know, Coach Day kind of calls it now and we kind of help out with it. But I, you know, I've done it a well, done it a while, uh, kind of done it pretty good, you know. Uh, uh, so I think we can do it, but I don't know if that's best. I think we just will we'll put it together. We'll probably go through spring ball. True story, my first uh, uh, spring in Miami, Ohio, my mentor, Randy Walker, we're going for a walk, jog. Which I, I'd say jog, but quite honestly, I still was young enough. I was still jogging then, I'd say. And he said, we're going back there. He said, and we're getting ready for a, a Saturday practice, Friday. He said, I got, he said, boy, I got a, I got a problem uh, coming up. So now you got, an, and I said, no, you have an opportunity. He goes, you're right, I got an opportunity. When I was a, a, a young coach, I tried to call the game from the sideline, and Coach Walker had put in. We only had eight coaches at that time in Miami because we're under budget. He was our offensive coach. He put in the offense, and I was coaching with him on, on the offensive side. And he said. Um, um, he goes, I couldn't call the, the plays as an assistant from the sideline as a young coach. I had to go to the press box. So now that I'm the head guy, I got to work with the defense a little bit and kicking game and manage everything. He said, I know I can't call it. He said, so tomorrow in the first scrimmage, you're calling the plays. If you screw it up, I'll go to somebody else. <laughs> so okay. And I guess I got lucky enough I didn't screw it up. And so I had a chance to call plays for him for 12 years. And, and from that, I've been on the sideline calling him. I called him in Indiana. Uh, I've been in the box, uh, but I, I'd like to just see how the staff comes together. We will have five on offense. We will have five on defense. And either one of the lower offense or defensive positions, ideally, will probably be a special teams coach to kind of manage and oversee that. But we'll see how that goes. One is we just eval these coaches and start making some phone calls to see, you know, the interest level of other people that want to join. But. Uh, like I said, these first couple, three days, it's, it's with the players and these guys over here in, 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 in the case hall over here. Jim. Hey, Kevin. Gary Niemick of the Tulsa World. It's good to see you again. Good to see you. Uh, Rick referenced Braylon Braxton when he was talking to us. And uh, knowing what you've done with quarterbacks, specifically at Oklahoma, but of course elsewhere, what do you know about Braylon? How much have you talked to him, communicated with him? And how certain are you that, uh, that he's your guy at the most important position on the field? Yeah, well, um, uh, one, I haven't studied a lot of film yet. Glanced a little. Um, uh, looks like he can run around. I, I know we have another quarterback that you know got handful. Was just meeting uh, earlier. Was the coaches going through? You tell me your guys, your ages. What do you think of this guy? Let me see your opinion. And we're going to try to find a couple ways to, as final exams go, just to see those guys individually or collectively. Talked to Brian last night. Uh, I got uh, one, one of the guys that said he, he needed to go home to see his father. And so I got on and I said, hey, man, just you know, take your time and give your father a hug and, and, and be with your mom, you know, and just like, just calm down. I mean, just, you know, this will be okay. Now just, you know, just, just be there with him. And, he, and I think he was maybe heading back up to Dare tomorrow with finals coming. But uh, just want to assure him to be there for his family, that we would have time to, to work. We weren't in a rush, but we wanted to get to know him. I don't believe you can you know, be careful. Um, I believe the Bible says, you know, he is blessed, more is expected. And that being said, if your best players you expect the most, but I would be careful to make any promises to anyone like, you know, this, you know, you're going to have the opportunity. And it looks like we have several guys that have the opportunity in several positions to be really, really good. But I, I, I think that's why so many kids are in the portal that coaches say things they can't follow through with. Uh, I think our background shows we can do that position okay. And we often shows it's, it's going to be fun that you're going to, it looks like we got some playmakers around them. It looks like I think we got some young offensive linemen. I think we can, you know, block and and give those guys a chance. And excited just listening to some of the coaches talk about their guys and seeing some of our guys. But uh, um, I, I'm excited. He wants to be here. Um, 
But at the same time, I think, you know, now, you know, he's got to earn our trust. He's got to earn his team's trust. And it sounds like he's the, the guy that can. But also, too, it'd be nice to just, you want to see it uh, and just make sure that, you know, that as it grows. So I hate to say too much because you guys have tweeted all out and it's already out. And <laughs> now all of a sudden it's negativity. And you guys only get half the tweet and then like it and smile it and emoji it and all that deal, right? Um, I just, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I would, I'd be excited if all those kids said they wanted to come back. I wasn't coming saying, I got new guys. Y'all need to go. I, I wanted to see if we could work with those guys because I think for us to be successful, it's development. And the best way to develop is guys are here and we're going to work through this holiday period a little bit on their own when, when they're gone. And we're going to come back about January 9, 10, 11, 12, 14, 15, where that magic day is. And we're going to start a great off-season program in the spring ball in the summer. And then we're going to see what season one looks like. And we'll, we want to get guys developing. And I want guys that want to be here, want to be here for the right reasons. Um, but to, to, I, I just am leery. I, I've gotten burned or seen coaches get burned too many times. We start making promises or guarantees because I found in life there are no guarantees. You know, and, 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 uh, but I'm excited. I'm really just looking forward to meeting him because I haven't. He's the one guy with his family. So I'm excited to see him, uh, excited the work that, that Rick and everyone's put in to show him that people here love and care about him, want him here. But I want the whole team to feel that way too. And I also want a quarterback and offensive linemen and defensive linemen and backers that want to compete, that aren't afraid of what's coming in. You know, I, I, I young, a long time ago, I had a player say, well, if I go to this school, they're not going to recruit a, another guy for, uh, for two years at my position. I said, if you come here, I'm going to try to get somebody to beat you out next year. Because competition is what this game's about. Don't be afraid of competition. And, and at the same time, too, I'm, I'm not bringing players here. I'm working my darndest to have these kids that were committed to this school and the unfortunate thing that went through of a coaching change, give these kids a chance to stay here and get a degree from the University of Tulsa and give us a chance next year to have the best first year we can have. And that's my total focus and commitment is on that, and that's where we go. But I'm also excited he said he wanted to be here. He looks good. So, hope them other guys are too, though. Good? Yes, sir. Coach, it's R.J. Young, Fox Sports. I want to know, what's your process for keeping the kids not just here but in school? Because when I talk to kiddos, going to Tulsa, it's a full-time challenge. It's really difficult to get through here academically. And I wonder if you give it any thought to that. Well, I mean, one, get, one and, and great question, R.J. I need, need to get to know, again, more about the school and, and, and the environment. But at the same time, when I met a couple guys today, I said, uh, that we thought need, wanted to make sure they were doing well. I, my question would be, can you look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, I know that's the best I can do. You know, I've been around a program and some programs recently uh, where I'm at, but some other places that our whole deal was just based on working and fighting as hard as every day you could to be the best version of you. And the best version of you fails. You're going to come up short sometimes. But if you're going to be successful, as you are and everyone here in your professions, it's hard work. It's not fair. you got to learn how to push and challenge and, and fight and Hopefully we'll have enough with academic support. Hopefully we have the, the academic tracks. Hopefully we'll keep re recruiting guys that fit and buy that piece. But like I told those guys today, you, you've, given, you've given your body and your soul and your mind to the school playing the sport. And the commitment and sacrifice you make, get your education and put a Tulsa degree with your name the rest of your life. Make sure the school gives you your degree. Bust your tail to get your degree. And if you walk out of here playing RJ with our sport within this program, and you walk out of here with that degree, you got a chance now to go be successful in life. Now, someone's going to train you how to do that job. And there's going to be pitfalls, and it's not going to be fair, and it's going to be hard. And, hey, welcome to the real world. 
You know, Tulsa is a little bit like the real world if you want to be successful. It ain't easy. So buckle up and get used to it. And that's my challenge. I think that translates into a football team. And I appreciate that our school is hard, but you hope those men are, are embracing the, the challenges we're going to put on them to have the team we want to have. That's going to be hard, too. And she want people that want to embrace finding a way to be the best version of themselves every day. And we're looking forward to it. Coach Wilson. Chris Lincoln, Oklahoma Sports Team. Good to see you again, Good Coach, you. in yep. a few years. Uh, give the Tulsa fans an idea. What does a Kevin Wilson football team going to look like on the field, offensively, defensively? Yeah, again, I'm going to start with, you know, I've found here uh, in recent times, and, and I had a lot of success, but having worked for Coach Stoops, still an offensive guy, I don't know if we did as good a job early in Indiana. That I think the key to being a great program is you got to figure it out make sure you're playing good defense. There's a style and a way in our program goals that we're going to do that. And one of those ways is, is we're going to minimize turnovers and negative plays, sacks. Because if you have negatives and you're playing uphill, you're going to be behind chains. You're going to be on short fields. And your defense is going to get exposed. And you're going to give up points. You're going to lose games. So program one, our goal one is that we're going to play as strong and as good a defense as we can play. That means the offense and kicking game, Chris, is complementing that. Um, offensively, we have always historically kind of, you know, done pretty well scoring points, but we've kind of done it where the key of the game starts with blocking. And even though you can spread it out or go fast or not, tight ends or not, running quarterback or not, you still got to block. So I think hopefully they'll see a team that on defense and offense is physical. The game hasn't changed. It's blocking and tackling. And the teams that block and tackle the best win. So I hope when they see our team, they're seeing a team that's, that's playing good defense, not giving up cheap plays. That means the offense is complementing the defense. They're seeing a team on both sides of the ball that are physical. They're seeing a team that's playing wide open offense, but it's not all air raid and passing. You're going to see a team where I've had a lot of really good running backs through time. I think I've had 2,000 yard backs three times. Okay, you know, I mean, that, I think I think I've one of the few guys that have two running backs, or not I. I've been a part of teams where guys have had 2,000 yard seasons rushing and a quarterback throw for 3,540, 50 touchdowns. I mean, the ability to do both. You know, when you're a great offensive team like a basketball player, you can play with the left hand and the right hand. It's not 50 50. It's not equal. So. You're going to see an exciting brand of offense. I think it's been proven. But I think you, you will see a team that's playing defense, a team that's not turning the ball over. When it gets in the score, we're going to slide it up. And hopefully you're going to see, most critically, a team that's playing with some discipline. So that kicking game and those negative plays give us a chance to win those close games. Because I think in our league, we're going to match up with a lot of folks and be in some games that are close. And really what you learn early is you start teaching your team how to win a game or not how to lose the game more than win the game. Let's make sure we take those things out that get you losing games and minimize the negatives, the turnovers, and all that. But it's going to be a, a boatload of fun, and I'm going to do everything I can. I know the offense is going to be really good. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that defense is playing right with them toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Yeah, we got, got to Husky Stadium first, though. Now, Coach, Coach DeBoer's got a good team, and I saw Mike Penix is coming back. I'm aware of his, his background, great player. And uh, But, yeah, and, and my, my, my wife can tell you, she said our first game here in 2002 – I think it was a Thursday or Friday nighter. Might have been, I don't know, Thursday or Friday night. Remember, my, my wife was over there. She was nervous sitting on those steps uh, coming up the, the back end to the business side. So our first game, I think it was 3 nothing to you at half. And then I think we got 33 or 36 in the second half. <laughs> and, uh, but, no, it's my favorite. I had a chance to play against Tulsa several times. So, again, excited to be back here. And I, I'm excited to see what we can put together and hope it's going to be a, a physical, fun, aggressive team that's playing smart, clean, there's certain things that football, we, we window dress and change things, but the game hasn't changed. Blocking, tackling, kick, take care of the ball, take care of the quarterback. You know, don't give up the big plays. Those, we'll, we'll, we'll endure it damnness to be that kind of team. 
Honored. Pleasure to be here. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, that was Kevin Wilson in his introductory press conference here on the Blitz 1170. We are, the clock is just blowed up, so uh, we need to take a timeout, and we need to take a timeout right now. And we'll do that and come back with more live from the University of Tulsa next here on the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.